name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, to the ages of all ages. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a new Sunday series called Letting Go. Um, before we started an introduction, I asked everybody to try to remember a hurt. A hurt that you experienced that you had difficulty letting go of. Now, I want everybody to raise your hand, and we're going to do this exercise a little bit later, and give me a fist, okay? Give me a real big fist before we get going. Hold that really, 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 really tight. As tight as you can, okay? I want, I want everybody to hold up a fist as tight as you can. Now, we've got about another, how much time do we have? Another uh, 31 minutes. So you're just going to hold that fist that tight, okay? As hard as you can. Alrighty, for 31 minutes, go. Ready? Of course not, right? You can't hold it that tight. What do you need to do? You absolutely need to let go. Now I want you to do this with me. You're gonna say it with me, you're gonna say, I'm letting go. Pull that fist really tight. Now pull it towards you, and as you, as you release it, say, I'm letting go. Let's try that together five times. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. Two more. I'm letting go. One more. I'm letting go. For the next five weeks, I and the team of speakers who are going to be speaking with me are your personal trainers, okay? We are your letting go personal trainers, and we're going to give you, and we're going to do them also, some exercises about how to let go. Today, to kick it off, Today, to kick it off, we're going to start off by talking about forgiveness, and that forgiveness is actually for you. Forgiveness is actually for the forgiver. Um, disclaimer, big disclaimer here, a lot of the material that's present, going to be presented in a lot of these talks comes from this book by R.T. Kendall called Total Forgiveness. This guy has made, he has, he has, he has made his life work teaching people not only how to forgive, but how to totally forgive. If you need help getting this book, I totally re recommend that you get the book, that you read his words. Don't get it from me, get it from him. You can find at least a dozen sermons by R.T. Kendall on YouTube speaking on this topic. Um, of course, he's from an evangelical background, so you know we might have some slight differences in orthodoxy, but all things considered, his advice, his words are gold. And there's tons of stuff that I've just taken right from the introduction in chapter one in today's talks. And the spe other speakers that will be speaking with me in this series are going to be borrowing from his material as well. I remember a time when I was at work um, where I worked for um, uh, a group of people. They're, they're all good people. They've all become good friends of mine. You know, time has, has you know, taken us all in our different ways, but every time I bump into them, I have no less than a half hour, 40 minute conversation. We pick up right where we left off. But in that time, I was subject to a lot of bullying by these people. They were good people. They are good people. But they, they just, I guess they just got into this habit of bullying. Anyways, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but 
Um, it got to a point where uh, I was having nightmares. Um, I, I, I would dream about work, and they weren't pleasant dreams. So unpleasant dreams are called nightmares. Um, uh, I would find it really hard to go to work. I find myself asking myself, do I even want to continue in this career? I realized I loved my job. Um, I just didn't, I couldn't understand it. And it's only when I took a step back that I realized that um, I didn't want to blame these people because I actually liked them a lot. The person who bullied me the most is probably the single person who progressed my career the most. Maybe he expected a lot from me, I don't know. Anyways, we're not here to talk about other people. We're here to talk about what to do with it. What do you do with this deep hurt in your heart? What do you do when you love your job, you love your relationship with your parents or a friend, but you've been so deeply hurt by them that you don't want to see them? But you love them, but you don't want to see them. You can't stand to be in the same room as this person, not because you hate them, but rather the opposite, because you love them. Because you've been so deeply hurt by them. Necessarily, there are moments in our lives where we don't love them. Where, in fact, we, we are, to use, borrow a, a phrase from St. Zosimus of, of Gaza, the, the one who discovered St. Mary of Egypt, we, we weave thoughts of destruction in our minds about them. We weave a plot to get them back for what they've done for us. That's called revenge. Confucius says, before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. Revenge, the end of revenge, is not only the death of the recipient of my revenge, it's also the death of a part of me. And so Jesus, in his teachings, is constantly teaching us to forgive. But it's so hard. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Jesus, in his teachings, just briefly, I'm, I'm going to just gloss over this. Because today's like an introduction. And, and in the following weeks, we're going to go much deeper into this. Jesus, his disciples, one day, they, they gather all around him. And they, they tell him, Lord, teach us to pray. So he says, okay, when you pray, do this. Say, our Father, who art in heaven. And he teaches them what has now been commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. At the end of it, he goes back and he comments on one part of the prayer. And he only comments on one part. He doesn't comment on every part of the prayer, just on one part. The one single part that he comments on is the part about forgiveness. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In the Gospel of Luke, the word that's used, the Greek word that's used is very much, Lord, forgive our debts as much as we forgave our debtors. So if I forgave somebody for $1,000, Lord, forgive me for $1,000, but not more. We're actually asking God to hold us to the standard of forgiveness that we forgive others with. All of a sudden... All of a sudden, I don't know if I'll be praying this prayer. Lord, forgive me as much as you want to forgive me. How about that? That sounds a lot better. That's not what, how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So he comments on the, on the teaching that he gave them. And he says, and whenever you stand and pray, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. 
But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Ouch! Ouch! That sounds hard. Jesus tells another story. All the disciples are gathered around him, and Peter comes to Jesus and says to him, now, Peter says to him, if my, if my brother sins against me, how many times in a day should I forgive him? Now, Peter's brother was Andrew, and he was also one of the disciples. So he must have done something real naughty, and, and Peter was calling him out in front of the whole gang, right? And St. Peter tells Jesus, should I forgive him seven times? And Jesus tells him, you should forgive him 70 times seven times, i.e. a large number. And then he tells him a story about a master who had servants. And one of his servants owed an enormous amount of money, the equivalent of $100 million, to his master. And his master grabbed him, and he brought him, and he brought his, and he brought his family, and he told him, if you don't pay everything, I'm going to sell you all. I'm going I'm to take everything you own. I'm even going to take you and I'm going to sell you as slaves as repayment for your debt. And the guy begs him and says, please forgive me, please forgive me. Give me time, just give me time and I'll pay. Which doesn't make sense. Where's he going to come up with $100 million? But anyways, the master says, you know what? I forgive you. I forgive you everything. Just go. Don't worry about it. The debt is canceled. So the servant goes and he finds another guy who owed him the equivalent of $5. $100. And he grabs him by the throat, and he, he models the behavior that, that was done to him. He says, give me everything that you owe me, or I'll sell you, I'll sell your family, or whatever. I want all my money, and I want it now. And the other student says, I don't have the money, but I'll pay you back, right? And this is more realistic, paying $100 as opposed to $100 million. And he's, he will not take no for an answer. So he takes the second servant, he throws him in prison until he'll pay everything. Who, who gets wind of this? The master. The master gets wind of this, and he calls the first servant back in. He says, didn't I forgive you all that you owe? How would you not have had mercy on your fellow servant? And he, the master throws him in prison and says, and you surely will not come out until you've paid the last, the last penny. And then Jesus goes on to teach on that, and he comments, and he says, should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? So my heavenly Father will also do to you if each one of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. <coughs> Jesus raises the bar and says to us, you have to forgive as I forgive. Didn't I forgive you? So you should forgive to the same degree that I've forgiven you. St. Paul understood that, and so he's teaching the Ephesians, he's teaching that church in Ephesus, and he tells them, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So the standard of forgiveness now is not just forgive as much as you want to be forgiven, it's forgive as much as Christ has forgiven. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's, it's almost like I'm, I have to do the high jump over the CN Tower, right? And it's so hard. How can we forgive when we feel so much hurt, when we feel so much pain, when we've suffered so much? How can we just, how can we just not hurt anymore? That's illogical. That doesn't make sense. That's what we're spending the next five weeks addressing. And it's really important for us to kind of understand how all of this cascades and how all of this 
turns into a vortex that can eat us alive. It starts with an offense. The offense leads to some hurt. Somebody comes and cuts me. I have a wound, a real wound. No one can deny it, it's there, right? And then that hurt leads to anger. How dare that person? Why did that person? That's not fair. Why me? And we say all these things, and I say all these things. And then that leads to replaying the scene in your head, replaying the whole thing over and over and over again. That's what resentment is. If you speak French or you understand some French, it's very easy to understand. Ressentiment. Feeling it again and again and again. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many of us purposefully go out of our way to go and eat and spend money to eat our most disliked food? None of us. We all go to our favorite restaurants, right? But when we do this, we go out of our way. We expend ourselves to feel and re-feel and feel and re-feel the pain, the hurt. Why do we do that? And as we do that, every time we do that, it hardens us. It hardens us, and we get a little bit more bitter. And that bitterness eats away at our souls. You all, I'm sure, met people who are bitter people. Not judging nobody, right? But you've all met people, I'm sure, who are bitter people. You know? Cynical. That glass is always half empty. And Henry Wordsworth says a beautiful phrase. He says, if we knew the secret histories of even our worst enemies, we would find sympathy for them. There's a story. There's a story of where that cynicism, that bitterness, that disbelief comes from. It doesn't come from nowhere. It comes from somewhere. And today, today is the day that we're starting this journey together, you and me, with God. We're starting this journey together about just letting it go. So let's get really practical. Why is it so hard to forgive? I didn't read this in Artie Kendall's book. This is totally just my gestalt of trying to answer this question. I can think of two reasons that it's so hard to forgive. The first is that we have no idea what we're trying to do. When I ask somebody, Oh, when somebody tells me about some hurt and I tell them, okay, you really have to forgive that person, otherwise they're going to eat you alive. They tell me, Father John, I can't. I can't do it. And then I'll ask them, well, what do, you, what do you think that would look like? What would it look like if you were to forgive this person? Right? 90 plus percent of the time, what they think forgiveness is and what I think forgiveness is are two completely different things. I think most of us have no idea what target we're trying to hit and if you're throwing darts at a blurry target, good luck on hitting the bullseye. So we're going to talk today, we're going to spend most of our time talking about what forgiveness is and what it is not. The second thing is that forgiveness is a gift. But most of us feel that forgiveness is a gift to our offender. And oh my god, this person's ruined my life. Why would I give them a gift? What we don't realize is that forgiveness is really a gift to ourselves. That's the second thing. Let's dive right into this. Let's talk about what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is nothing more than letting go of past hurts. It's a stubborn refusal to judge, 
to condemn, to exonerate anyone and to just let it go. It's not a punctual thing, it's a lifestyle because you're going to be reminded. You are going to be reminded of that hurt. Things are going to come up that are going to remind you. So it's just a stubborn refusal not to hold on to hurt. It's a lifestyle of holding life with an open hand. I'm going to love people, some of them are going to love me back, and some of them are going to stab me in the chest. And I'm not going to hold anything against anyone. I am going to hold my offenders above reproach. That's, that's a little bit of what it means. So let's talk about what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not approval of the offense. It's not approving when I say when I say I'm gonna let go of this. I'm not gonna hold you know what? I'm not gonna hold this against you. I'm not gonna hold this against that person that hurt me. Forgiveness is not to say I approve of what they did. It's simply to say, I'm not gonna hold this against you. It's not to excuse them. That's something different. It's also good. Jesus on the cross finds excuse for his offenders and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He claims ignorance for his offenders to get them off the hook. We're going to talk about that next week. Forgiving as God forgives. But today, we're just going to simply limit it that that's great. That's excusing. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is simply just to let it go. Just let it go. Forgiveness is not to justify what the other person has done, nor to explain it. It's not my job to explain why people do things that hurt other people, why people have done things that hurt me. I'm not gonna lie. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna slander the person. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say bad things about them because I've let it go. I've, I've, I've made a commitment to let go of the hurt. But I'm also not gonna justify it. I'm not gonna find reasons for it. I'm just simply going to say, it's none of my business. Who died and made me God? Who died and made me God? That I have to judge people, I have to judge, you did right, you did wrong. Who cares what I think? It's none of my business. I will one day stand before Almighty God and see the wholeness of my life and the wholeness of His love for me and need to give an answer for how I live my life. So will that it's not my job to answer for them. It's not my job to come up for you with excuses for them. You can. We'll talk about that next week. But that's not what we're talking about today. Forgiveness is simply to just push that whole mess, that whole knotted ball of yarn of that story and what happened and who and when and how and where and to just take that whole knotted ball of yarn and to just push it away. It's none of my business. Forgiveness is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's not pardoning what they did. It's not saying, yes, they did do me wrong, but they can get away with it this time, just once, just this once, just whatever. It's not that. You can do that too. That's good. That's fine. But that's not what's being asked of you. That's not what Jesus is talking about when he talks about forgiveness. That's not what, that's not what forgiveness is all about. The heart of forgiveness is just letting it go. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation takes two people. We get into a fight. We want to make things good. 
I've got to come, I've got to talk to you, I've got to come and say I'm sorry. You have to say it's okay. We've got to shake, we've got to hug it out, we've got to do something to confirm that we're all okay. And after we've done that, right, there's other steps to be taken, right, if we want to restore the relationship. Forgiveness is not denial. When I push the ball of yarn away, the of knotted yarn away, of hurt, of whatever incident it is that happened in my life, I'm not, I'm not denying it ever happened. We have a, a very strong tendency to do that. Subconsciously, it's called repression. Consciously, it's called denial. Doesn't matter which one of it is, neither of them are healthy. It's not healthy for us to take something which is obviously very important to us and pretend like it doesn't exist. Whether we're doing it consciously or subconsciously, that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not that. When Jesus forgives us all of our sins, when he dies for us on the cross, he doesn't deny our sins, he acknowledges them. He says, no, you did do that. And it's actually a, a, a cosmological disaster. Adam and Eve, you screwed up the universe. Literally. Bomb fits. No judgment, no condemnation. It's acceptance of what it is. We'll talk about what it is in a minute. Forgiveness is not pretending that everything is okay. That's acting. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a full acknowledgement of it. Forgiveness is not forgetfulness. We're going to talk at the end. The punchline at the end is that forgiveness gives the forgiver peace. Forgetfulness gives the forgetter joy. They're different. And their outcomes are different. People say forgive and forget. Some people say I'll forgive but I'll never forget. We'll talk about that towards the end. And, uh, and we'll end. But forgiveness is not forgetfulness. God chooses to overlook our sins. Acts 17.30 And all those ignorances of past times God has overlooked but he commands all men now to repent. He chooses to overlook them. That's not forgiveness. That's something different. That's overlooking or forgetting. Forgiveness is not an immediate restoration of the relationship. If a guy cheats on his girlfriend or a girl cheats on her boyfriend or whatever, right? And the, the offended person forgives. That relationship is not going to just become perfect again immediately. There's a bond of trust that was broken. And it's going to take time to rebuild that trust. And there's very time-tested, proven techniques to rebuild that trust. The first step is going to be forgiveness. The first step for the offended person to find their own peace, to not be dying at night, losing sleep, grinding their teeth, upset, frantic, frustrated, is to find peace. And that peace comes solely from forgiveness. Forgiveness is simply to just let it go. Forgive me, I have small daughters, right? There's nothing else, you know, I could think of. The theme song for this series would be, let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. Just ask yourself, this hurt that I asked you about to identify before we started talking today. Is this one thing in your life now? that is now temporarily distracted from where you are. Like it's, it happened a long time ago. It happened a week, two weeks, a month, two months, 
a year, two years, five years, ten years, twenty years ago, however long it happened ago. Okay. What is that event contributing to your life now? Okay, multiple choice. Good or bad? Or nothing. None of the above. Whatever. Right? It's very highly unlikely that it's contributing a whole lot of good. Just let it go. Why am I carrying this hurt? You know what unforgiveness is? It's like somebody cutting my hand with a knife and me obsessively grabbing that knife. What does it do? It just cuts me deeper. Every single time I replay the story in my mind, I hear it again and again. I harbor that, that resentment. I feel the pain. I feel the suffering again. I hurt anew. It leads to us hardening getting bitter. Forgiveness is, is, what is, what is, then what is forgiveness? Father, she knows all these things that forgiveness is not, so then what it is? It's being aware of what someone has done and still forgiving them. I am aware. I'm not, I'm not going to repress it. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to shove it to the back of my memory. I'm fully cognizant of what this person did meant to, or they didn't mean to, or I find excuses for them, or I don't find excuses for them, or I can explain it away, or I can't, it doesn't matter. At this point right now, it's just simply being aware of it and choosing not to hold it against them. Forgiveness is a choice to keep no record of wrongs. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love keeps no record of wrongs. Am I holding accounts with this person? This person owes me da 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 this much. This person hurt me da 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 this much. Forgiveness is a choice to just not hold it against them anymore. To just cancel the debt. Forgiveness is not telling what they did. I can't say, okay, I cancel the debt, but I'm going to go and tell everybody all the bad things that you did to me. Then I'm getting back at them. It's another form of revenge. It's slander or libel or rumor and gossiping things, right? You can't say that you're not getting back at them when you're telling. So, but Father John, like you told us a story today, or 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 maybe someone will speak about it in counseling or in confession or whatever. Does that count? Look, I'll tell you something. What's the intention? What's the intention of telling the story? Is it is it to spread smack about them? Is it to, you know, is it a smear campaign? Or is it to get help? You're, you're speaking to a counselor. You're speaking to a friend, a dear friend. If you're going to speak to somebody, Archie Kendall's advice, my advice to you, is speak to somebody who's not going to talk about it to anyone else. Speak to someone who's going to keep it between you and them. And speak to somebody who's not going to keep reminding you of it. Because you essentially, uh, one day, want to let it go. So the classic example of this is when newlyweds or young married people complain to their parents about their spouse or to their siblings about their spouse or even their close friends, right? And then the, and then the spouses make up. They, they hug it out and everything's great and they forget about it. But the person who's related to the spouse continues to hold it against 
the spouse that they're not related to. And they, they can, and why? Because the person that I love, somebody else hurt them a lot. So much so they needed to come and talk to me. And then they've forgiven each other and everything's fine. But then the, the father, the mother, the friend, the sister, the brother, the whatever, continues to hold it against the other spouse. And when you and then when you come and you talk to your father, mother, brother, sister, wife, whoever, right? And you and they, you come and speak to them and you ask them and they say, but did you remember that time? Don't speak this. Don't don't tell somebody who's gonna tell you. Did you remember that? If you're gonna speak to somebody, speak to somebody who's gonna model this kind of forgiveness, who's gonna help you to let it go and is gonna let it go themselves, because that's essentially what you want. And when we're done with this, we're gonna talk about why. You want it so bad. Forgiveness is refusing to punish. Just to be clear, forgiveness is not relinquishing our civil rights. Okay? So if somebody purposefully or accidentally vandalizes your property, you can forgive them. You cannot hold it personally against them, but ask them to pay for the damages. You know, I don't hate you, I'm not angry with you, I'm not losing sleep over you. It's not personal. Ask yourself, is it personal? Do you have, are you angry with this person? Do you have a vendetta against them? They have to pay because of whatever. That's not, that's unforgiveness. That's gonna eat you alive. That's not good, right? But you can require somebody to uphold their civil duties of paying for whatever damages they cause without necessarily not having forgiven them. That's okay. As long as you yourself have let go of the offense, you're just trying to get the very practical problem of a broken window or whatever resolved, right? There's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's causing you to be angry, if it's turned into something personal, there's something much more at stake here than a broken window. And it might be worthwhile, it might be worthwhile to let it go. But this is, forgiveness means not to punish somebody. If you're in a position of power and somebody has hurt you, if you're a teacher or you're, you're a mentor, or you're a guide, or this or that, and somebody has hurt you, it's not taking it out on them in some other context. Forgiveness is being merciful. Being merciful is not giving people what they deserve. Forgiveness is being gracious. It's giving people more than what they deserve. Forgiveness is refusing to go down that vortex that I was describing to you of being a bitter person. I don't want to be a bitter person. I want to be a happy person. I want to be a cheerful person. I don't want to carry all this part of my French crap that other people have dumped on me throughout life. I'm hoping to live a long and happy life. And it's not going to be very happy if I continue to carry not only all of my own mistakes, but all other people's mistakes on my shoulders. I want to let it. I just want to let it go. Okay, here's the exercise. All of us in our minds imagine that we are the emperor or empress of the universe. I know you're all far more humble than me. I know you are. But deep down inside, when somebody takes something from me, when somebody hurts me in a way, when somebody speaks to me in a way that I don't feel I deserve, when somebody treats me wrongly, when somebody vandalizes my property, when somebody hurts me or hurts one of my children, my spiritual children or my biological children, I want my rights. 
And deep down inside, I'm imagined, I, I just imagine myself, and I'm sure you all do too, so just confess it with me, it's fine. I'm sitting on some high and mighty throne about 14 steps up off the ground, right? And I say, bring me whoever ruined my life, right? And I pick him up by the scruff of his shirt and I hold him high up in the air and his feet are dangling, you know, in the air. And I'm like, and you owe me! And you have to me! And you me! And you have to pay it back! And you have to make it right! Okay? Now I want all of you to do that exercise again. Make a fist, okay? Make a fist. You're sitting on your high and mighty throne. Show me some fists, everybody. Everybody, make a fist and hold it up in the air, okay? Now hold it really tight. You're holding a 70-kilo individual, you know, about two stories off the ground, okay? Right? And you want to let him go, and you want him to fall splat on his face, and right? But not quite yet, because you have some words to save this person, right? You have some, right? And it, it hurt. Who does it hurt? This imaginary story, who does it hurt? You. Me. It hurts me. It hold, hurts you can let go of your fists. It hurts me. It hurts the person who's holding on. All of us, all of us, anger is almost always, if not always, rooted in a sense of entitlement. I'm not saying we're all entitled people. I'm saying that we feel like someone has taken something which belongs to us. And when I get hurt, it's because I feel like somebody has taken something which belongs to me. I feel entitled. And I'm not arguing about whether you are the emperor or empress of the universe and you're sitting on a high and mighty throne 14 steps above the ground. That's not what I'm, gonna, what I'm discussing with you today. What I'm discussing with you is that if you are the emperor or empress of the universe sitting on a high and mighty throne 14 steps above the ground, then you have the authority and the right to make an imperial declaration to let this guy go. Just kick him out of your court. Just say, go. Go. I don't want nothing from you. Don't pay me back. And the emperor of the universe will be going to pay me back with I own everything. Right? Just go. Just go. Just go. Accountants, people, scratch his name off the list. Scratch him off the chart of accounts. We don't have accountants. Just go. Just go. I, I read this in some book or something, or I can't remember where I saw it, and I would spend about 15 minutes every morning in the washroom in, my, in, this, in this job that I was in, because I really loved these people, and I really didn't want to hold anything against them, but I couldn't. I was so hurt. And I just stand there for 15 minutes, and I'd name their names. So-and-so, I'm letting you go. So-and-so, I'm letting you go. This other person, I'm letting you go. We're just going to let you go. Just go. Just go. Just go. Just go. I, I, don't, I don't hate you. I don't love you. I don't, I, don't, I don't got nothing against you. If anyone were to ask me, is this guy a bad guy? Did he treat you unfairly? Did this? I would, I would just agree with no comment. No comment. I'm not going to lie. But I'm also not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to slander this person or talk badly about them. I'm just, I have no comment. I have nothing to say. I'm just letting it go. I urge you to do this, to do this exercise this week. 
at least five times every morning or every evening or whatever you want. I suggest every morning while you're brushing your teeth or standing in front of the mirror, just stand there and just do this motion. Make that fist until it hurts and then let it go. Feel how good it feels to let it go. And just name the person, you know, so-and-so, I'm letting you go. 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 Five times every night. Changed my world. Made me love my job again. Made me love the people that I work with. Because you know what? That part of the story is blotted out. That's part of the story that's not my business. That part of the story is just, I'm just not going to deal with it. Let's talk about the second thing. Forgiveness is a gift. We always think that forgiveness is a gift to the offender. But Father John, he doesn't deserve me to forgive him. He doesn't. You know who deserves it? You. You deserve to forgive. Forgiving others, we forgive others not because they deserve forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. The moment we choose to let it go is the moment that we start to have peace. Forgive others not because they deserve forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. There it is again. St. John Chrysostom takes it one step higher, and he says, Nothing causes us to, to so nearly resemble God as the forgiveness of injuries. Another ancient proverb of unknown source says, Whoever chooses unforgiveness makes himself a victim twice over. Twice over is an understatement. Most of us don't get hurt and reflect on it once. We reflect on it two and three and four and five and hundreds of times. The only person that stands to benefit anything from my forgiveness is me. Because remember, forgiveness is between me and myself or me and God. The other person's not even going to know I forgave them. I haven't even talked to them yet. Reconciliation, that's a whole different ball of wax. Rebuilding the relationship, that's a whole different story. But forgiveness is for me. Do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else. When Jesus is telling us to forgive, he's giving us good advice. He's telling us, do this for you. Do this because it makes sense. Do this because you're hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself by reliving the hurt by refusing to just let it go. Another unknown proverb, proverb unknown source says, the first to apologize is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest. The first to forget is the happiest. Imagine if you forgave everybody and you have peace. You don't hold nothing against anybody, but you remember every single hurt that's happened in your life make you miserable. Forgetfulness gives us joy. Trouble with forgetting for forgiving is you're still holding on to the pain. So something will remind you of it. So it's always better to forgive before you forget. R.T. Kendall says, love is a choice. Total forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling, at least at first, but it's rather an act of the will. It's the choice to tear up the record of wrongs that 
we can keep. If you don't feel like forgiving, you don't have all lovey-dovey, warm, fuzzy feelings in your heart toward the person who's offended you, that's okay. You don't want to spend your next holiday with them, that's okay. But forgiveness is using the great God-given gift that you have of choice and choosing to let go. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and then to discover that that prisoner was yourself. Glory be to God forever.